PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry, the biggest TV fishing stars, interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the PointClickFish.com Fishing Podcast Radio Show. I tell you, we've got a special guest with us on here tonight with co-hosting as Matt Lamb from Chasing Tales Outdoors. Matt, welcome. Thank you, Jay. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. And, uh, you know, obviously this weekend we had the 2018 Star Rods Carolina Redfish Elite and um, an awesome time awesome tournament, a lot of work, but uh, let, let, let's kind of do a little recap on the event um, as a whole, like, you know, leading up to it in the tournament. What, what, what were some of your thoughts on the event? I thought, I thought it went very well. The, uh, all the anglers seemed like they had a great time fishing the event. It was kind of a, I don't know, after Thursday, after the event started, it kind of was a big blur. I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, you know, it was a lot preparing for a two-day tournament. It's not like just a one day event where you have the captain's meeting and you fish and you do the weigh in and it's over. You know, we actually fed these anglers Thursday night at the captain's meeting, again Friday and again Saturday and with the kids event mixed in with that, it was a lot to take on. It was and uh you know, like you said, it gets to be a blur with all the logistics and everything going on, but you know, feeding the anglers is something that we, we like to do to be able to feed them both uh, Thursday at the captain's meeting uh, and also uh, Friday as well uh, when they come in. So that's something that we definitely like to do a lot. And then involving, uh, you know, the, the Cross Trail Outfitters charity, that's something that uh, is a lot of fun. We had 75 kids this year compete in the uh, kids fishing tournament. So that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, we've seen a... Uh... A lot of smiles Saturday. I think they all had a uh, really good time. It seemed like everybody caught a few fish. Uh, I didn't really see any any frowns that day. Yeah, they all, every kid walked away with a uh, rod and reel combo, tackle, uh, flambo tackle tray as well. I mean, it was amazing. You know, there were some, um, what, Sea Striker um rigs in there and i mean there was there were a lot of giveaways there for the kids as well yeah i think they uh each angler got a uh, sea striker combo a six six medium action combo and then uh rigs for them to fish with blue i think they were bluefish rigs there was actually some rigs in vets tackle sit down uh they're a local base company out of North Carolina. I'm not exactly sure. Up to Raleigh somewhere, I think there's uh, headquarters. Do you know exactly where that's at, Joe? I believe it's just outside uh, Raleigh, I believe. Yeah, so that, they sent down some stuff for the kids, and, yeah, they got uh, they got their money's worth. I mean, before they even started the tournament, they felt like they won something. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, uh, as we were prepping for the Carolina Redfish Elite Anglers to come in and weigh in, but I think Charles, the uh, co-founder of the uh, Crystal Coast 
chapter of the CTO, I think he was handing out $100 bills to some of these kids that were finishing in the top. He was, and I tell you, um, you know, my youngest son ended up winning the Flounder Division, and I think he's still smiling uh, for walking <laughs> away with with his prize. <laughs> did, did, did he take you out to eat that night, Jay? I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that one. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, maybe he'll come gifts, around. I hope so, but we'll we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll keep working on him, and I'll, I'll let everybody know. But, you know, one of the things, talking about, you know, giving away items, the elite anglers got their share of uh, of gear this year as well. Yes, they. Uh, I think they uh, walked away with a, a star rod. Uh, I think the value on that rod was $80. It was one of their $80 series. Uh, a Calcutta tumbler cup with a custom Carolina Redfish Leaks decal on it and uh what what the uv shirts with the carolina redfish logo and the uh some of the main sponsors on the uh shirt so they probably walked away with retail value of a couple hundred bucks and stuff just just entering the tournament yeah and that was per that was per angler as well you know yeah it wasn't wasn't per team uh i fished a lot of events from here to louisiana national championship redfish tournaments and we have never i've never seen anything like that gavin you know it's it was really above and beyond of those sponsors to step up like that i've just never seen the product that was given out to each angler usually you get a captain's bag and you share it but actually each angler walked away with rods cups shirts tackle and everything from the uh, sponsors yeah, that was pretty amazing for star rods to to give every angler a, a star rod. That, that that's pretty awesome. I guess that's one way to make sure they uh, get those rods in every angler's hand and, and make sure they're uh, hopefully going to the local shops and picking some up for the future. Yeah, I tell you, but obviously uh, the the format for this year's event we had thirty five elite two person teams. And then, obviously, it was two fishing days, but there's a lot of strategy involved, and we're really excited to talk to the 2018 champions, uh, which is the Redfish guy, which is Dwayne, Dwayne, the Redfish guys, Dwayne Smith and Lee Pedrick, to talk to us a little bit about kind of the, you know, the game plan that goes in with these two days event, two days events, because, you know, you've got to go in there and have a plan, and, and I know that's something that these guys, uh, you know, had to do in order to come out on top yeah for sure you you have to come in where you know you're going to have a decent weight on day one if you, if you come in with zero or you come in with one fish and a two-day event th- these anglers and these teams are way too good to think that you can come back from that you, you've got to set yourself up going into day two and and those guys I mean, they, they really stepped the bar up. I mean, they, they brought in a heavy, heavy weight that day one and really set themselves up nicely for day two where they didn't have to uh, – where they could, uh, you know, mess up just a little bit. So uh, it seemed like it worked out, whatever their plan was. It definitely worked for them. Well, I tell you, you know, another thing is we had at least ten – the top ten teams, any of those teams had a chance to win it going into day two. Um, so it was it was a close field after the end of day one, leading into day two. It was kind of anybody's game to do. Now I know leading into day two, the Redfish guys were in second place, which 
was a great, you know, a great place to be in. But those top, every, those top ten teams, anybody could anybody could have done it. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was just ounces from first and second, and I think all the way down to tenth place. It was less than two pounds, if I'm correct. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I think it was less than two pounds. And uh, you know, a two day tournament. You're going to have your ups and downs. It's really hard to go out and put back-to-back, you know, 13-plus pounds on the scale. And the fishing has been off in the area, so it's really hard to do that. So, yeah, it was pretty much anybody's game in that top ten going into day two. Well, I tell you, let's uh, let's get Dwayne and Lee on the line here to talk just a little bit about them, their team, and, uh, you know, kind of see if they've already spent that money. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Dwayne and Lee, the Redfish guys, are you with us? Yes, sir. This is Dwayne. How you doing? Doing fantastic, Dwayne. I tell you, I mean, how, how's it feel, guys? I mean, you know, you're a couple days after the event. Has it sunk in yet? It has. Um, it's, it's pretty humbling the the response we've got from the redfish community in general, uh, reaching out to us and congratulating us on the win. Um, of course, a sponsor, some of our sponsors have reached out to us, and and it's it's really been a humbling experience, um, and and it's really exciting. Well, I tell you, you know, Matt and I were talking er- earlier, just a few minutes ago, about the strategy of a two-day event two-day event what what was your game plan leading into the event hey jay matt this is lee um we were um we looked at the leaderboard last year and it looked like uh 25 pounds would uh would probably get you in the top five so we kind of set goals each day if we were going to go out each day and try to get at least 12 and a half pounds and uh we were, we were fortunate enough to exceed that on day one and uh, going into day two, we were uh, shooting for that mark again, hoping to get that really big fish. And our bag was a little smaller on day two, but it seemed with the conditions and, uh, you know, an hour less of tide that morning, I guess, I guess it worked out for us. Well, I'd, I'd definitely say it worked out. But, you know, once you, once you finished day one, did you guys think you had a shot at it? On day two, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're sitting after day uh, after day one. We're sitting in second place, um, just ounces behind uh, Team Riley Rods. We knew that they were hammers. We knew that there were several teams in the top five that were within striking distance of being number one. So, with that kind of competition out there, we knew we had to bring everything and leave everything on the water that day um these guys are just way too good if you get if you slip up anything any way they're going to catch you now i know from um the interview during the weigh-in you guys obviously went out there in the morning you started fishing talk to us a little bit about how that morning started uh with you guys on day two Uh, day two we had an hour less of uh water than we had on day one um, and went, the wind was a little stronger, so we started at a different spot than we did on day one. Um, we got in there, 
it, it didn't look and feel right. It was a little water, and we fished it for probably an hour and a half and, and, and didn't have a single bite. And we could, we could see uh, Mike Peterson uh, engaged in Riley Rods about a quarter mile down from us. So we knew that we were in the right area, but uh, we just didn't get a single bite. So uh, we, we really didn't expect a whole lot there. We were just hoping to kind of luck into a fish while we wait for the tide to come up. I guess it was about 8 a.m. We decided to move to our second spot. That was a place we had caught eight fish the day before. And some really nice six-pound fish were in there. And uh, But we got in there, and I think we got in there just a little early. The water was a little lower than it was the day before. The tide was just slow to come up on Saturday as compared to Friday. Um, and I think we fished it probably for 20, 25 minutes. And the once again, no bite. It just didn't look and feel right. Well, we did lose that one fish in there. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I, had, I the bite was slow, and so I, I tied on like a Carolina rig with a gulp shrimp, threw it off this uh, marsh point. I guess it sit there for about a minute or so, and then saw that line run sideways, and I felt a really good fish on the line. Unfortunately, uh, my circle hook broke, and that really uh, crushed our spirits right there. We thought we were about to get something going, so. From then on, it was uh, we didn't get another bite in there, so it was a struggle. Um, we I, looking back, I guess we kind of rushed out of that spot, and we got to our third spot with um, a little earlier than we should have. Uh, once again, the water was a little lower, and uh, there was two guys working on a duck fly. It was, it was a Saturday, you know. You expect more traffic on the water than on a. And I think with uh, the lower water and, and the disturbance nearby. Uh, our fish just didn't show up in that spot, and we had we had held this spot on for day two, uh, purposely. It was new water we had not fished, but we had had some success pre-fishing there and caught some really nice fish. And when we got in there and they weren't there, it was the attitude on the boat was a little bit low to say the least, um, and we're, we're feeling a little defeated. But we slowed down for a few minutes and had a discussion, a little team meeting, and we remembered a spot about a quarter of a mile north of us that we had bumped some fish, or actually I had a blow-up on top water, and we said we're too close. The water's still not quite where we thought it should be at, at this point in the tide, and we run we run there. We come around the corner. Our trolling motors <laughs> kind of... It messed up for a few minutes, so the attitude on the boat got even worse. But um, we we managed to figure out, well, Lee managed to figure out what was going on with the trolling boat, and we got it running. We come around the corner, and bam, we hooked our first fish with four and a half pounds, I believe, and got it to the boat. And the attitude got a little bit better, and about, what, three casts later, Lee catches the, the big fish of the day. So our, our big fish yeah. today, no, nothing like uh, some of our competitors put on the board that day. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was an interesting bite. Dwayne put that first fish in the boat, so it felt a lot better. You know, you, you know the attitude on the boat uh, got a little, a little happier. Uh, and uh, so I, I threw a spoon up off um, a marsh bank. I got thumped three times. I still can't tell if it was the same fish or not. And then I hooked up, and that was um, our, our, our big fish in our bag that day. It was a 7.01 pound. Uh, we got him to the boat. So we were sitting at, you know, about, about 11, 11 and a half pounds and feeling feeling good, but we, we knew we didn't have we didn't have the weights that it was going to take to win. 
We, we caught another little four-and-a-half-pounder just up from that. Did another pass down that bank because we didn't want to leave anything, uh, you know, leave any fish behind there um, and didn't get another bite. So, Dwayne? Well, yeah, we, we, we again, we, we slowed down for a few minutes and we come up with a plan. We had three spots in mind to go to um, to finish our day out. We, we thought it was about 1 o'clock at this point, mm-hmm. about 1 o'clock, and we, we knew that, well, no, it was about 12.30. And we, we picked out three additional spots that we had already hit, but the tide was coming up. And we make it to our first spot, and my first cast, I I, I land a four-pound fish, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and and we said, uh-oh, here we go. And we power pulled down, made a few more casts, put a five-pounder in the boat. So Eddie increased our weight up to about 12 pounds. And so we just slowed down, worked the area really well, and I think we ended up catching 10 or 12 fish in, in this area and upgraded that five pound to, I think, a five pound, 14 ounce. And then we called him out with another six pounder, a little bit over six pounder, giving us that 13, what was it, 13 and a half pound, 1389. 1393. 1393. And you guys, you probably know this from tournament fishing. I mean, yeah, we were fortunate to start catching fish, and we were happy to be catching fish. But it was one of those grind of a tournament days where, you don't catch those big fish right away. You've got to call by ounces. So every fish that got in the boat was a few ounces bigger than the other one. We have to keep calling them, um, you know. And you know, looking back, yeah, that, that's fine. But it was it was it was a lot of work trying to figure out is this fish bigger than the other one. And, and we had what was so funny about it that night, uh, the night before, we were sitting at the table. We we were saying, hey man, we really need to start putting our six-pound fish on the um, ticket stick. Um, so we made the decision, anything above six pounds, four ounces, we're going to go on the ticket stick. Lee sticks one at six pounds, eight ounces by ourselves. Luckily, we put this thing on the ticket stick. It goes a quarter over. I've never caught a six-pound, eight-ounce redfish go 27 and a quarter inches. How about you, Lee? Yeah, that, that was surprising. We got, I weighed that fish, and I was like, yeah, fish six pounds, eight ounces, so, you know, it's going to be good. Dwayne said, well, we said we were going to measure anything over six four, so we put it on the stick. It wasn't even close. But <laughs> so it was a good decision to put that six, that six, one, six eight on the, on the stick. But long story short, we fished there until 2 o'clock. We knew the wind was blowing. We knew that we had a decent or a good weight. We really didn't think we had to turn one. We we knew we were getting a check. Um, but so we leave out of there about 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock weighing in, blowing like crazy. We're getting beat up. And um, we it takes us about 45, 50 minutes to get back to weigh in. So, you know, we had this. It was a pretty long ride and, and nerve-wracking. And when we get to the scales there at 2 to weigh in, um, some of our competitors come up to us and, and start asking us all wait, and they kind of felt like we were in the in the um in, in it to win it. Well, you know, you guys keep talking about things that happened on the boat and the mindset that went on the boat, but one of the things we hadn't talked about are uh, the chasing creation TV guys that were on the boat with you. So a lot of what you're talking about with day two, it ended up on on video for the chasing creation TV show. Yeah, we were fortunate enough to have Matt from Chasing Creations TV show on the boat. He uh, he fished on our boat on day one last year, 
and we got to know him pretty good. He, he's a real cool guy. But I'm going to tell you guys, he is no help on a boat during a fishing tournament. He won't net fish. He won't fish. Uh, but uh, he's great. And um, I, I was talking to one of my competitors uh, earlier, um, before, uh, about a week before the tournament, and he was uh, asking about, hey, what's it, you know, we might be interested in having a, a camera guy on the boat. What's it like? And, and I told him, I was like, Matt, particularly our camera guy, you don't even know he's there. I mean, you do when, you know, you guys are taking a break, and he's just one of the guys, and you know, we're, we're talking and stuff. But once the fishing starts, you don't even know he's there. He's never in the way. I mean, and you just forget that, it's, you know, there's a camera on your boat. I, I forgot several times, and there might be some heavy editing. He might have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would tell me about that at dinner. Yeah, yeah, we lo- we lost that first fish. Uh, there might have been a couple extra <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that's the best part is everybody can can see uh, a lot of that action when when the show comes out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, one or thing there might there might have to be an, uh, uh, we might have to see the unleaded version at some point. That would be that would be complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing I know I know both you two pretty well that y'all know that I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve sometimes. So sleeve a lot better at that than I actually. So you guys get back forty five minutes after you know ride back. Obviously, it's a little bumpy. Um, you know, getting back to the scales. So once you start seeing the fish wade, what's going through your mind? Well, like like Dwayne said, you know, uh, we were just having there was just some dock talk going around, you know, the, the boats that were tied up, and we kind of knew who was in in the top five, and uh, you know, uh, first place that got, got from uh, first place in day one, you know, told us told us point like he didn't have it, and, and I and I, you know, I felt good and bad because I, I really if I was going to get beat, I really wanted Mike Peterson engaged and Riley Rods to to beat us. And then we started talking to uh, the team that come in second place. They were in third on day one, Corey and Richard. And they told us their weight. And uh, we was, I started feeling like, well, I, I think we're ahead of them. So, you know, unless there's another team that's going to bring a huge bag back, you know, we've got a shot at this. And, and, guys, that's one thing that we noticed last year in your inaugural event that, uh, as Dwayne said at the beginning of it, uh, these, all these guys are good. They, they're veterans. They've been doing this stuff for years. They can flat out fish. And in that top 15, there's always a team in that top 15 on day one that's going to come way out of the – from behind in the pack and move way up that leaderboard. They're going to bring back a big sack of fish. And I think in this tournament, I think it was Duplin County Mafia team that, yeah. that had that, that great second day. So – you just never know where you're at because all these guys are so good that even if they might have struggled a little on day one, they're going they're going to bring it on day two. Well, what do, what do you think? Obviously, with this with the elite event and it being two days, what's something that like let's say uh, somebody's listening and they're thinking about possibly fishing next year? What's some advice that you could give them um, of some, you know, reason why they should fish the event? Uh, that's easy uh, for me to answer. If you if you put money on the line, you're going to go out and fish, and it's going to make you a better angler. And that's the goal for me, at least. And when I go out, I go out on the water. Every time I go in the water, I, I come back and try to 
to think of what I learned today and what I can I can bring to my repertoire uh, of fishing. You know, it, it, every day I try to learn something. Um, Lee and I are what, what we do very well, I think, is because we've known each other so long. Is we have a trust between us, and we can we can have honest conversations about how we fish, what we could do better, and how we can improve our ability. And um, I think those having that trust between us, like what like we do, being longtime friends, that it, it really adds to it. So I would encourage anybody that is thinking about fishing. Uh, Carolina Redfish period. Take who you want to put on the boat with you very seriously. Um, think about and, and, and devise a plan. Um, and put and by putting money on the line, it's going to do nothing but make you a better fisher. And that and that's something too that uh, you know that Matt and I wanted to make sure we highlighted. Obviously, yes, it is a hundred fifty dollar entry fee. But it also includes those daily big fish and small fish of a thousand dollars, TWT. Um, you know, so there's definitely there's an opportunity to win a lot of money. And, and Matt, you know, from the first place um, all the way down to uh, I guess tenth place, right? I mean, it's it's pretty yeah, impressive the, the money that we're able to to give away. Yes, uh, and what I try. I'm sorry. Oh, well, correct me if I'm wrong. There's like there's like 15 ways to win your money back in, out of 35 teams. Yes. yes, and I don't know. We didn't announce this at the uh, weigh-in, but if anybody that's looking to fish this series and can do just simple math, we paid out well over 100 uh, percent in this tournament. So it's it's a very good return, and I'd like to ask Dwayne and Lee this, uh, and I, I tell people this at the shop that comes in and is asking about the tournament, hey, I'm thinking about fishing this, and I always try to stress this. This is a two-day event, so you have two days to have a chance at this. If you're in the top 15 and the fishing's tough, you really have a chance to win going into day two. How do you all feel about it? Sure, I, I totally agree with you. I think I was saying earlier, you look at that, that leaderboard, and those teams in the top 15 aren't separated but by you know, two and a half, three pounds probably. So, and like I said, there's always one of those teams because these guys are so good that's going to make going to make that big jump on day two and bring back that big bag. I can give you an example, a clear example of it. Last year, Lee and I, on day one, we're sitting in what twentieth place. Twentieth year. Twentieth place on day one. We're we're, we're not going to win that tournament last year, but we went out with a positive attitude and 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 went after and ran some new water. We bring back a hammer sack that second that second day. We move up into seventh place. We have big fish and we get seventh place money. We brought home, what, almost $2,000? Yeah, yeah, close to $2,000. Close to $2,000 last year, from 20th to 7th. Tell me that don't pay out well. Yeah, that, that two-day format really, it really opens the door. It levels the playing field because it's tough. As both of you know, y'all fished a lot of tournaments. It's tough, and everything's got to go perfect to put back-to-back big weights on the scale. It, it just don't happen every day. Yeah, and if people are going to 
you know, people are going to slip up. That's just the it's fishing. It's yeah. going to happen. And and you know, anybody who's thinking about doing it, <clears throat> I mean, if you go out and recreational fish and, and you start to get, you know, uh, where you can uh, consistently catch some some red drum, I mean, it only takes uh, two good bites a day, and and you're, and you're right there. I would encourage anybody who's thinking about it to uh, consider it. Um, it's a lot of fun. You guys do a, a world-class job of putting on a tournament, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. And I'm already looking forward to next year. Well, uh, we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely looking, we're looking forward to po- possibly raising the bar a little bit more next year. We won't, we won't, put, out, we won't put out too much, but we're, we're looking to raise the bar again next year. Uh, I'm excited forward. I'm already looking forward to it. Another point I want to I want to reiterate here is that just because you don't live at the coast doesn't mean you can't fish a redfish tournament. Lee and I live in around the Greenville area, um, so I mean the, the what the third place team come from St. Kilda, Duplin County area. So you, you don't have to be a charter boat captain to fish this series and be successful. You just got to spend your time on water. Now, uh, how long have you guys been fishing together as a team? I know that's a question a lot of people are wondering. You know, how long have you guys been together? Um, that's a team. Matt can probably answer that better than us because we started fishing against Matt and his dad, Ray, <clears throat> back in the old redfish action days. They had yep. uh, the Anchorage Marina or in Town Creek. Yeah. So I guess Town Creek. Like 10 and, years. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say going on 10 years. Definitely ten years. What Man, happened we're was, old, guys. <laughs> what happened was, Lee watched something on TV. He was watching the ESPN or something. He saw that old Redfish Cup in there, and he he comes to me one day and said, "Look, we're old. We ain't surfing like we used to. We just enjoy being on the water. Let's give this Redfish Tournament Series, this local Redfish Tournament Series, a go." And um. We were real fortunate because when we when we showed up through that redfish action, some of the the captains kind of gave us words of encouragement. Um, it, it, I remember that um, Lee, what's Lee, Captain Lee's last Parsons, Captain Lee Parsons and Mike Patterson come up to us one at one of these tournaments and said, "Look, guys, be kind, believe in yourself because everybody knows here that one day you're going to start winning tournaments, and I'll never forget that. Yeah, I remember that. Mike Peterson walked up to me, and he said, you keep doing what you're doing, man. It's just a matter of time for you guys to uh, start winning a tournament or two. Yeah, and that speaks to the quality of the yeah. people we fish against. You know, two guys looking up to these, these fellas, and they come in and talk to you. Pretty big deal. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's something, too, is to get those words of encouragement from other anglers. That's something that other competitors may not really think about, that, that if they've been doing it a long time and somebody that is new, you know, that, are, that may be young or older, um, getting into tournament fishing, you know, kind of giving those words of encouragement to the, your, your competitors probably goes a long way, particularly for a lot of the new guys. I agree completely. Um, you know, that, that happened eight years ago and I, I still remember it to this day. I was thinking, how cool is that? You know? And, um, there's been several people that's reached out to us. Um, John Moore with Hook and Bones. I mean, if anybody knows him, he's in a very, uh, encouraging type of man. And, uh, I've, I've really grown to, uh, uh, really appreciate him through the years. 
And he's actually one of our uh, main sponsors. What was he, big fish, small fish on day one, Jay? Hooking bones. Yeah. I believe he was the big fish sponsor for uh, day one. Yes. So he, so he definitely steps up, supports the uh, supports the series because we have to have support to make this make this happen. And a lot of the local companies that are involved in the tournament sponsor the tournament and fish the tournament. So that is you know that that is good. And, and you know, you guys have a boat builder come from Texas to be at your tournament. That says a whole lot. Yeah, well, I wanted to uh, we- tap in on that a little bit, Jay, because I've, I've had people come to the shop, and this might be a good time for your viewers. Uh, you know, they come in the shop and they ask me, "Hey, you redfish? Well, what kind of boat do we need? What, what, what do y'all fish out of?" And you can really fish out of all kinds of stuff. Uh, to get the job done. Um, Dwayne and Lee have been fishing out of a shallow sport. And Dwayne, do you think fishing out of that boat since you made that jump, uh, what, four or five years ago now, do you think it helped you become a better angler in the shallow water game? Absolutely. Because if anybody knows me real well, they know that my memory is not great. And, <laughs> and without a great memory, Running through the marshes and, and, and the sounds uh, uh, around here, you 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 can get yourself in trouble really quick. But that shallow sport, man. If if I realize I'm in a little bit off or uh, or running over a sandbar, I can jack that jack plate up, and I, I and if it's wet, I can run it. So that kind of helps me with my lack of remembering or absent-mindedness sometimes. Um, and you know that boat. It takes water better than most people realize on these choppy days. Uh, running back, you know, we got beat up a little bit. I got a little wet, but you're, on a day like we had Saturday, most flat boats you're going to get wet in. If you you could probably stay dry in a, in a big old 24 foot bay boat, but that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit my style of fishing. I'm a shallow water angler. I like to see my fish that I cast to, and I can't say enough about. Lee can tell you it changed the way I fish. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Dwayne's uh, Dwayne's got that boat. Uh, he he was confident before, but like he said, uh, he it really helped his confidence running around in the shallow water, and, and it opened up some new areas of fishing. I mean, I, I've talked to other folks about it, and everybody says, "Well, what's the best time to fish?" And I tell them, I think, well, if you if you have a full time job like me, the best time to fish is when you can go fishing. Um, you know, I wouldn't worry about the tide that much. I mean, they're they're red drum, they'll they'll bite. Just about any time of the day, because you know they're fun fish to catch, but they're probably not the smartest fish. They're the apex predators in the marshes, so they'll they'll eat about all. Their job is just to eat and then grow up and then grow up to spawning age. So, uh, one thing we've learned with that boat is um, to get some low tide fish. Um, you got to go across some really shallow water to get there, but when you get there, uh, you've got the fishing to yourself. It's unpressured for three four hours and. Uh, it, it's really opened up some new waters and, and new places for us to fish. Now, Matt, I've been I've been fishing with these guys on that shallow sport, and I, I wasn't convinced there was water underneath us. <laughs> yeah, that'll. Uh, it, it's it's kind of one of those things you have to be on the boat to see what these kind of Texas style boats. I uh, I got into the uh, SCB line, which is the shallow sport built 
they own those molds now a couple of years ago and uh every time I step into that boat I kick myself in the tail because I wish I'd have made that jump ten years ago. It would have just it would have opened my eyes to so much more, you know, no more idling in, idling out, wondering, hey, can I get back here? Can I get over here? Just you almost have to test ride and I know uh Dwayne has his boat down here. Uh, I have another SCB being built right now. Should be here within three or four weeks. You know, all you got to do is call me at the shop, and I'm sure Dwayne's the same way. We can we can align demos because that's the really the deal on those boats. You got to see what they'll do to say, hey, I got to have one of these. It, it, it's amazing, you know. It, it's one of them things. People look at me and they they'll come up to me and they see the boat and they say, "Dwayne, how shallow would that run?" And I tell them it'll run in four inches of water. They look at me like I don't know what four inches looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you, I do. <laughs> anyway, it, it, uh, it can almost run too shallow. <laughs> yes, yeah, it can almost run too shallow. Exactly, it'll run in four to six inches of water. Um, and but it takes about eight inches to float it, so I could actually mess up and come off a plane too soon and be stuck. So you gotta you gotta get where you can uh, you can look at the water and kind of judge its depth on the run. But it, it, it's pretty simple. It's pretty once you've done it a couple of times, you get your confidence up. You got it. Well, yeah, I think that's the biggest key is is if you're riding with it, you've got to build your, your confidence up as well. Yeah, that sounds like you've been nervous a little bit, Jay, and 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 riding around with the the redfish guys. Is that true? Well, I, you know, I mean, it is. I have to admit, it is a pretty unique experience to run in four to six inches of water. You know, when most boats <laughs> won't do that. I mean, literally, most boats won't run in four to six inches of water. And when you do, it's like uh, there's a seashell back there we just passed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to give folks an, an idea of, of, of how uh, shallow that boat runs, I always tell people, that take a dollar bill out, standing on its end. That's almost six inches. Uh, those boats will run a little shallower than that. Now, think about the waters you could access if you could run across sandbars that had that much water over. And it, it, as Matt said, it'll really open up some new areas for you to pick. So I know I know we talked about this during the weigh-in, but talk to us a little bit about um, the the tackle you, you guys use to catch catch these redfish. I know everybody's going to go, "What did you you know? What'd you catch them on?" And I and I know and I know what Dwayne and Lee are going to say, uh, but I, I, I know people are going to want to ask that question. All right. Well. Um, it's kind of a running joke with us. People ask us at fishing shows or, or things They're like, "Hey, what, what do you what do you get? What tackle do you re- recommend?" And, and Matt, we're probably the first tackle salesman in the world because we only fish like three lures. We fish uh, <laughs> a, gold, a gold spoon, a top water, and a popping cord. That's it. And the, the one thing that I did introduce into our fishing this time that I tried a little bit last year and had some success with was um, like a short Carolina rig with a gull. I I had talked to some of my competitors that had been doing that and, and found that they were on areas with fish, but the fish stopped biting, and that might put an extra fish to the boat. Yeah, we, we only fish uh, generally in uh, three lures, uh, a popping with a pretty short leader, say about a foot long, um, a topwater, 
and uh, and gold spoons. I mean, that, that's the that's the lures we have confidence in. It's like, it's like every lure, every lure will catch fish if you have confidence. In. Those are the lures that we have confidence. In. And, and and one thing I want to clarify: we call every spoon a gold spoon, <laughs> <laughs> but actually. I think it's hilarious. You know, we talk about gold spoons. I think yes, we get gold spoons. Johnson silver minnows with um, but also like Matt, you sell this one in the store. It's it's half silver and half blue. The reason I like that one is I think it cuts down on the profile of the spoon and actually because it's half blue and half um silver. I think it makes the bait fish look a little bit smaller. And so generally we we have a true gold spoon on, and I like that silver and blue one that you sell you sell in the store. Also, tsunami makes a, a, a gold spoon too that's pretty that throws real good, and that's the reason we like gold spoon because the wind's always blowing here, and it tends to cut the water real real, real well, and it displaces just a little bit of water when it when you're fishing it. It enters the water pretty quietly. Now, when you're throwing these spoons, are y'all sight fishing with these spoons, or y'all previously found your fish? You know they're there. Y'all seen them on the trolling motor. You've seen the schools. You know they're there. Or are you just blind fishing, blind fishing, blind fishing? Give these uh, viewers a, a little intel. What Maybe what to look for. Are, are you seeing these fish, or are we blind fishing? Well, both, Matt. Um, I know that's not the answer you're looking for. But we, we use these spoons because they're searching to cover a lot of water. Um, and also, when we know where, after we search and search and search and kind of locate, located them pretty heavily, then that's when we really get down with the power poles and we stop and we really um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when we're covering with the power poles? We're kind of covering the water. They're power fishing. We're power fishing with them, really. Um, and and we're setting up on these fish, and that that but the shallow sport allows us to get in close to them. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of hole slap, and it um, I use the console as elevation lots of times to get up so we can really see them. Because we get asked, I get asked that question in the shop a lot. Uh, I got asked it uh, today actually. They were at the tournament and they were hearing the anglers probably. You guys also saying, yeah, we were on a school of fish. We were on a school of fish. And then they come in and say, well, we're not seeing any schools of fish. And I try to explain to them, a lot of times, it's not just this huge school of fish these guys are looking at. They might have caught a fish here and there. So they know that school of fish is somewhere in that area. And you have to fan cast or search that area out with those lures to get those fish to bite. They're there somewhere in that area just because you don't see them with your eyes and say there's 200 fish, they're still there. Is that is that correct? That's absolutely right, Matt. We've noticed that as we've got more experience on the water and everything, we can also feel a bite and almost know if it would come out of a school. If you throw to a bank or to some structure, and as soon as it hits the water, you're on, it's a good indication that there was multiple fish there. And so yes. we might be... We might be actually we say we're spike casting the fish, but we know they're there. You know, sometimes it's just little flashes, sometimes it's just a little bit of displaced water. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 
yeah. I mean, and like, you know, there, there's two different ways to, to fight fish. fish. You know, if you've got a nice calm morning and on day one, there was time when it, 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 the wind laid down, you can actually uh, pick up the, the weight of, of the drum, you know, when, it, when it's that calm. And, and you can tell the difference between that and, say, some um, mullet, because a, a school of mullet or bait fish is going to be erratic. A, a, a weight from um, a group of drum or school of drum is going to be a real linear beat in one direction, and it's not going to be erratic. Um, then once you know, once you get banking hours, like say between nine thirty and, and three, uh, the you know if, if it's sunny outside and, and you know the water's clear and hasn't had a whole lot of rain, uh, you can you can with your polarized glasses you can, you can see the individual fish. You can see the the pool and you know purple mass or the, flash, the belly flashes the fish make, you can locate a lot of times where those fish are. Lee just brought up a great point. I watch a lot of people on the boat, and I look at their sunglasses they have on, and they're not wearing quality polarized sunglasses. And they wonder yes. why they can't see fish. And that, it amazes me that, it, that people really think that they can get by without having a good pair of polarized sunglasses. It also helps see what the sandbars are when you're running in the shallow water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes a huge difference when you're on the water. Yeah, but you know, like like Dwayne you know, like said, you know, a lot of times when people late to the fish, uh, even in the chop the other day on Saturday when it was so windy, we came around one corner and uh, the you know there was, the water was choppy, but there was just a disturbance in front of us, and it and it looked familiar. It turned out to be a, a, a school of rays. But uh, you know, that just just those um, those disturbances, the water that that stand out or or catch the corner of your eye. Anytime you're fishing and you see something that seems unusual out the corner of your eye, I'd run to it. Yeah, and people get a little bit of a, a defeated attitude. You know, it doesn't. It's like deer hunting. It's a whole lot of nothing and a whole lot of excitement. You know, it's like you, you yeah. hunted for thirty days and not seen a nice buck. Guess what? Day number 31, he walks out, and your heart about beats out of your chest. You know, it, you've got to be prepared for that moment when it happens. Yep. And, and I think a lot of people blow by fish and think it's not going to happen. But we've seen people go by schools of fish and not even recognize that it was a school. Yeah, and, and you guys know this as well as anybody. You know, you know, red fishing around here is three hours of absolute boredom interrupted by ten minutes of chaos. Yes, I'm That's glad really you made that point. I, I get asked that question a lot too, because you know, in the shop, I'm I'm dealing with all kind of anglers, new people, people that's been fishing for years, and a lot of these people that see, you know, guys like you that just won this tournament and say y'all had a great day of fishing, in their head sometimes I think they think every time y'all hit the water, y'all are catching twenty or thirty fish. Is that is that the case? Every time you're no. in the water, okay. No, sir. No, sir. It is not the case. Like, like I said, um, you know, we went the other day on day two till eleven o'clock before we put a fish in the boat. So, um, and I think we only caught about fifteen fish on that day. Yeah. So we we always felt like it was about to happen. You, you see what no. I'm saying? And and, and yeah. It's always feel like the next pass is going to be the one. Then. You, you're prepared for it when it does happen. But I, I how about that? how about pre-fishing? Uh, do you have days where you go out on the water and don't even catch a fish? 
Absolutely. And lots of times we, we purposely don't make about five casts into pre-fishing. We'll put the trolling motor down, and we're just running bank, looking for something okay. encouraging. We try to put a positive spin on it and call that eliminating water, but that's just what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've been there eliminating that water. It can get very <laughs> if you're not seeing anything exciting. You know, and, and, and if you're a tournament fisherman, let's take it a step further. Let's just say this. I grew up hunting a lot, and, you know, you can't shoot a cup of quail every day and expect there to be a covey there every time you go. You know, we manage fish. We might know where fish are, but guess what? We're purposely staying away from them. Now, now talk to us a little bit about the mental aspect of the competitors and the flow of information. Because obviously, you know, we, we see a lot of anglers, and everybody does. They post pictures all the time of fish and then all of a sudden you know a few weeks before a tournament you see nothing nobody has where fish are nobody's caught fish tell us a little bit about the psychological game well i I would say that when we first started about 10 years ago that we you know i guess we got involved in that but in in recent years I, i don't i don't know about Dwayne. i've got where i just ignore the doc talk I ignore people's Instagram and Facebook pictures of their fish. And uh, I, I really don't want to get caught up in, in second-guessing myself and chasing last week's fight. And I per, um, day after day one, I just I know who was winning the tournament. I know that we were in second. I had no idea about the rest of the, of the field. And that was on purpose. And it's not a slight to my competitor. I just didn't want to know. Um, and... So Lee and I, I think, do a great job of finding our own fish and doing our own thing, and I think it's helped develop our style of fishing and not relying on someone else to give us information that may or may not be correct, more than likely incorrect. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure that they would that they would all share the money, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, Jay, that's probably the best advice they just gave. I've heard the whole show. If you're going to be a tournament angler, stay away from the dock, dock talk because it can. You can be on great fish, go to a uh, captain's meeting, and get caught up in the dock talk. What angler, other anglers are doing, what they're catching, and before you know it, you're doing something totally different and not even fishing your fish that you might have a chance to win the tournament and completely bomb the event. I, I think that what they just said and those guys doing that, I think that's a big key to their success here in the last few years. They're just doing their own thing, fishing their own fish, and not worrying about anybody else in the tournament. Uh, John Moore reminded me that at that captain's meeting. He looked at me and said, Dwayne said, fish your plan and, uh, and don't worry about anything else. And he said, it's going to happen. And I appreciate that's another one of those examples of the quality of angler, anglers we fish against. Yeah, you know, that's something else that, um, and, and I don't know if you guys were back at weigh-in or, up, you know, heard this or not, but we had a few competitors that had some boat issues that were uh, assisted by other uh, tournament anglers. So that was a, 
a great show of sportsmanship uh, with a lot of these teams looking out for each other while they're on the water. Yeah, I, I think so too, Jay. I think one of the teams that actually got on another com- competitor's boat gained a thousand dollars extra than that team uh, made. Actually, finished a thousand dollars ahead, if I'm remembering right. So he could have easily passed him up and and collected that extra thousand dollars, but he ought to stop and help him out and make sure they were all right and got the fish to the scales. Hey, yeah, that's always hey, great. You know, to, that's always great to hear. Hey, and most of these guys, they want if they want to be the best, but they want to beat the best. So they want they want everybody's best best effort, and, and you know what I mean. And, and so that's the kind of people that we fish against. They they want to win just as much as anybody else, but they want to win it the right way. And that's a credit the way you guys run this tournament. Well, you know, Matt and I were talking today. I, we, we just about need a week's vacation after, after the event every year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a lot of work, but it's, it's it's well worth it. I mean, just to talking to the guys for me, and they all seem very appreciative of what we're doing. And I, I think, you know, this area needs it. It, it just needs it because if we just let it go, it's just going to slowly die away. I mean, it's harder and harder every year to keep tournament redfish alive. I mean, it's, it's just harder and harder, it seems like, to get the sponsors and get the backing. But it seems like what we're doing, this unique format, only doing one big tournament, the sponsors are kind of liking it, and, and they seem real separate to it. So that's hopeful. hopefully it's going to be bigger next year. Well, I know, you know, for people listening, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, how did, how did you guys get started with this? And I think it was uh, years ago when Matt and I started talking, I wasn't going to do it by myself and nor Matt <laughs> wasn't going to do it by himself. And we figured that if we were going to go crazy, we'd might as well do it together. Yeah, I, I think that's how it kind of came along there. <laughs> So, so at that point, you know, the, the the whole goal for us has been to be able to build an event that highlights, you know, big money payouts, the local community, local charities, and you know that just really is an event that you you just have to go to, and that's something that we we're continue continuously trying to perfect that to add more incentives for people to fish. And like Matt said, I mean, I don't know the exact number percentage, but it was well well over a hundred percent that we gave back well over 100% that we get back to the anglers. And don't forget the venue that you guys are running this at. No place is more visible than Big Rock Landing. I mean, beautiful place, beautiful place to have a tournament, plenty of dock space. You couldn't have, you couldn't have asked for a better venue. And yeah, I think it's one you know, of those perfect spots. You know, unfortunately for us, you know, this year the – the weather, you know, except for some wind, cooperated with us as well. So we were able to showcase that beautiful, uh, you know, waterfront there with, uh, you know, really nice weather. Really nice weather. And, uh, you know, one yeah, thing, Matt, I wanted to point out, the one of the things I wanted to point out, too, was the fact um, that we're able to raise some money for charity there by, uh, you know, auctioning off the uh, first place spot. Um, that was really cool to give back to the charity by – um, donating that uh, to them. Absolutely. Uh, I actually uh, got that money together and uh, gave it to that organization uh, Sunday, and they, they were really 
really happy, really pleased. Kind of shocked what we raised. I was kind of uh, I was kind of shocked too how good that uh, number one place went off. The guys really, you know, I know everybody wanted to take off number one, but I think it was more about just the uh, giving to that charity than really that number one spot. Yeah, that was that was really really cool to be able to to do that, and I think it shows the anglers as well. They knew they knew that it was going back to the charity as well. Well, uh, Dwayne and Lee, uh, any big plans uh, with with this fifteen thousand dollars that you guys won? Um, well, I think Dwayne was saying our our, our buddy Travis from Shallow Sports came out for the event, so. Uh, End of July, we're going to uh, take a trip out to their home base out um, near San, San South Padre Island and fish the Lower Laguna Madre. Looking forward to that and uh, fishing some different areas and just taking a, a vacation down there. You know, Matt, that's something, too. With obviously, Travis coming uh, from Shallow Sport all the way from Texas. You know, we had Star Rods in Calcutta on site with us, uh, Sirius XM Marine. Um, you know, Jeff came uh, to support the event. Fathom, inshore, got to kill it to grill it, got to kill it to hill it. Um, CTO, uh, Downey Soft Road, Chris Coast Graphics, all of those guys were, you know, came by to support, set up, displayed. And that's something that we really encourage our sponsors and partners of the event to be able to do is to showcase and show people that they support these events. And that's, that's big. I mean, these companies that are, that are supporting this, this event, it's really great to acknowledge them and to be able to let people know um, that they are supporting the events that they are fishing that help make it possible. Absolutely. I mean, you start thinking about, you know, Texas. I mean, he had to fly here, you know. It's not like he just jumped in his car and came out here. So that just shows you the interest I mean, if, if, that, if those companies didn't have interest in what we were doing, making sure, I mean, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, Dwayne and Lee, I talked to Travis a little bit Saturday morning while y'all were out fishing. He actually stepped up and helped y'all get y'all's power poles back running, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, he did. Um, after day one, we have been sitting in the area for about two and a half hours, and I hit the power pole button and neither one of my power poles would go up so i panic set in for a minute nah we couldn't figure out where the main fuse was um and we didn't have any fuses with us bad mistake on my part won't happen again um so we called you guys and told you that we had to probably we're going to have to get it out of the boat push the power poles up time off and we, because we didn't want to discharge the hydraulic fluid in the boat, you know, so we tied them off and we limped back to the, to the weigh-in with, with a nice sack of fish in the boat. And we explained it to Travis. He got on the boat in 10 minutes. He had, he had it figured out. Um, I went to one of our fellow competitors. Um, I don't remember the guy's name, Matt. Help me out. But he, he runs that, um, was it big, what was the big old boat? Um, uh, Wyatt said, Clark. Uh, yeah, Wyatt Clark. He Wyatt gave me a forty yeah. amp. He yeah. he and gave me a actually, um. A, yeah. He's actually another competitor. Dwayne. He came all the way from uh, Charlotte, five hours away to fish this tournament. So. Yeah, and, and really a lot of cool guys. Met him before, but 
he he gladly reached in a bag and handed me a 40 amp uh, 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 fuse, and we got my boat back, back the power poles up and back working, and wow. <laughs> but, you know, it never goes exactly um, 100% as planned, and anybody that knows us knows that we're not the most mechanically mined people. <laughs> well, that, that, that's another, you know, one to see that Travis and Charlotte support not only there, but able to support and help at the same time, but uh, other competitors helping out again. And it's great to hear those, those stories and share them with people because, you know, that's really what it's about is, you know, you're definitely fierce competitors on the water, but you know, they've got your back if, uh, you know, if you need something. So that's always good to hear. Yeah, and uh, I went out and bought some fuses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet I bet there's some other people listening to the show that they're going, man, you know what, I probably should buy a couple more of those myself or make sure I've got some on the boat. So that's not a bad idea if you're a tournament angler to make sure you've got some. <laughs> you, can, you can never think of all the scenarios, but, you know, that's one scenario you probably should plan for. <laughs> Uh, so, so I look forward to seeing uh, Matt's edit on Chase and Creation of, of uh, the uh, the edited version of of your experience on the water, particularly day two. That was definitely exciting, and you know we had camera crews on on boats throughout the whole tournament. And uh, last year the show turned out amazing. Um, they do a really good job with the show, but it allows us to showcase the tournament, the kids event. Yeah, the charity, the kids, the you know, the pros. I mean, it, it's awesome. So we definitely look forward to seeing that again. Don't get correct me if I'm wrong, but you on day one you had a camera uh, cameraman on the on the number one boat, Mike from Riley Rods. We, and then day two he was on our boat, so it couldn't have worked out. It's gonna be a good show, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, a lot and, of you know, the. Uh, and you, well, Matt, you you know that's one thing I wanted to point out. You talked about Mike and Gage. Well, Gage is, uh, was he 14 or 15 years old? Um, 15. 15, Yeah, 15 15, years old. And that's just a really cool story in itself about how a 15-year-old, you know, that's fishing and competing with, you know, people, some of them twice, three times his age. And and that's impressive that a kid's out there doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – can be intimidating. Uh, I don't. I don't think Gage lets it bother him too much because when I asked him that night if they would uh, take the camera guy, Mike was kind of Mike, Mike was kind of hesitant about it. Uh, you know, he he said he really wanted to focus and get the job done on uh, day one. He felt like he was around some good fish, and if it wasn't for Gage sitting there, I don't I don't think they would have took that camera boat because Gage was just you know happy go lucky. He said, "Man, he wants to put a camera on the boat." We're, let's do it, and you know Mike couldn't, turn Mike couldn't turn him down at that point. So it was actually Gage's Gage's idea. I think he's you know 15, happy go lucky. I don't think you know us redfish guys and Dwayne and Lee that fish these tournaments. You know we kind of get you go out and have a bad day, and you really want to do good in these tournaments. You get kind of bummed out a little bit. I know I do for a few days, and I think Gage is still at that age. He's He's happy-go-lucky. He doesn't matter if he catches zero fish or comes in with leading the tournament like they were doing on that day one. He's still got a lot of that youth in him. It doesn't let him. It doesn't bother him as much, I would say, as it does some of these older competitors. From what I heard, though, he he put the smack down on him on day one. Yeah. 
he 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 did. We got some. I saw a little bit of the footage. He, uh, I think, the first three fish, and one of them was their big fish. He 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 went to work pretty pretty quick that morning. I was telling him. You think about that kid. He's 15, and he's been fishing these tournaments about three years now, but he's a 15-year-old, three-year veteran. I can't imagine how good he's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be uh, He's going to be uh, winning some tournaments in the future, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. He's actually, uh, Mike was telling me, I, a lot of people didn't know this. I should have let him talk a little bit about that. He's actually more interested in baseball than he is in fishing. He's actually a very, very good baseball player uh mike thinks if he stays on the route he's going you know he could play some uh, college ball and maybe go a little farther in the uh, future he's very very into that and a lot of people uh don't know that about him well i tell you it, he's def he's definitely doing a great job and uh he's really you know he's done a great job fishing i, I imagine he does a, a great job playing baseball as well but, uh, you know, Matt, one thing I wanted to point out, too, is, you know, in second place was Chase and Ginger's Corey DeRockard, Richard Gilligan. And, uh, you know, that they they walked away with $6,000 for second place. I mean, that's impressive in itself. You know, obviously 15000 first, 6000 second. And then, you know, the Duplin County Mafia, those guys, uh, Dexter Smith and Milton Miller, they walked away with, four thousand dollars that's you know that that's just the top three places and uh you know fifteen thousand six thousand and four thousand that that's that's not a bad uh, day for the top three that's you know most and more, more tournaments pay uh for first place oh absolutely But Dwayne and Lee, I tell you guys that once again congratulations um you know we're really excited for you guys you you guys are excellent friends and competitors and obviously you're you're on the show and on point click fish with us a lot but uh, it's exciting to see you guys win and i'm definitely looking forward to hopefully you guys can do it again next year if not we hope the tournament's 10 times better anyway um and who knows who'll win you know i mean that's what's that's what's awesome about it is you know you, that two-day fishing you've got to have a plan and if you like if you slip up at all somebody's right on your heels and that's that's the beauty about the competitors in the field that we have is it's so close that you've got to be on your A game, which you guys were. And that's why you were able to stand tall there holding that trophy up at the end. But uh, it's, it's definitely a tough field. That's for sure. You're absolutely right there, Jay. Um, As we're wrapping this up, uh, I like to say, man, thank you guys for putting this event together, and thank you to all the sponsors, Star Rods and and uh, Chalice Sport and Hook and Bones and um, Kill It the Grill that you mentioned, and all these guys that come together to put this event uh, out there for us. I know um, the local community really is getting behind this. Um, Big Rock um, Sports, I think, is is involved, and the Big Rock Landing is involved, and and I even uh, if Correct me if I'm wrong, but the local um, tourism is behind it too, right? They are. The Crystal Coast Tourism is behind it, which is awesome to be able to get them involved. They, you know, put it on their website. They put it on the digital leaderboard leading into town. They've been very supportive. But, you know, they want to focus and share with people 
this great fishing and community that we have as well. So it's really awesome to have their support and to be able to help push this out and share with people uh, the event and all the great things that are going on with it. I mean, I mean, Matt, you know, and Dwayne, I mean, and Lee, you know, we, even the big rock um, themselves were sharing information about the kids tournament and the, uh, the announcement that you guys won. So, I mean, other tournaments were sharing the information, local tourism, local businesses, um, even the national companies that are involved from a sponsorship level have been very supportive with sharing the word, um, you know, posting it on their websites and their, um, information i believe you guys uh, you know did another article with um the fisherman's post as well i mean it's great to see so many outlets and entities interested in what we're doing what all of us are doing at the carolina redfish elite absolutely jay and um i i wouldn't be doing myself a favor if i didn't mention our sponsors of course hook and bones salt life optics uh brass marine point click fish um, Fins Braid, Bimini Bay Outfielders, uh, Tsunami Shield Reels, Tsunami Airway Rods. And these guys have really done us well through the years and supported us when we were struggling, and we really appreciate it. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, tournament fishing is an expensive deal, and these guys have stood up behind us for some years now, and we really appreciate it. Um, and without them, we just we, we we probably would have had to call this a couple of years ago. So uh, I really appreciate their, their support and standing behind us. Well, as we all know, it's the sponsors that make the teams able to fish, the tournaments able to happen. I mean, without sponsors, none of us could do what we do. So we definitely are glad that you guys had the opportunity to thank your sponsors because it is so important um, to, to thank them because it is uh, a very expensive endeavor for to do and it, to get that support is something that's critical absolutely and thank you for the opportunity you're welcome guys and uh we definitely look forward to having you back on we want to uh, hear about that trip to texas uh, so you guys can tell us how the laguna madre is and uh hopefully looking forward to seeing some pictures uh when you guys are down there as well I saw you had a mighty nice camera that surely can't travel. <laughs> uh, have, have, have camera will travel. I, if I if I can make it, you better believe it. I'll be there. <laughs> hey Matt, you know sooner or later you got to get out of that store too. Uh, I know it's been a uh, it's it's been a little different since we've. Uh, took the step to build the new shop. I remember back in the uh old shop I sure was doing a lot of more uh, a lot more fishing. But uh it's all good. It's uh you know, it's in God's God's hand so uh it's doing good so it won't be long. Uh yeah. and you know we can pull that Texas. Well uh, I was messing with Travis the other day. I said if y'all uh get on that boat and get that thing finished I'm gonna have to uh Get those guys to just drive out there and pick that thing up for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy for you your, your success with the, with the new shop and everything. But I do remember the old days that um, on Friday mornings before tournament, we'd see you and the dog out checking on your fish. Oh yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I put a lot of time back in the, back in that day. Me and my dad and uh, 
had a lot of great memories, and uh, there's there's still some more to come. I got me a uh, I got my new partner Joshua, uh, my nephew. He's working at the shop. He's he's getting his feet wet in the tournament tournament fishing. Uh, the first one we did in Georgetown this year, the IFA. He uh, he got the real true aspect of tournament fishing on not so home waters, sitting for seven hours waiting on fish that never show up. So I'm I'm breaking him in right. <laughs> he, he was kind of shaking he could, he could, his head, thinking <laughs> if if this is what he wanted to really do. He's like, it's like this. This is not what this is not what I read about. <laughs> Actually, that would be a good book for Dwayne and Lee, like Tournament Fishing One Hundred and One. Yeah, it, it's not like it looks like on TV when you're watching a 30-minute show. It looks like, man, there's nonstop fishing. Uh, there's not. There's a lot of like what Matt's talking about. Seven hours waiting on your fish to show up. And it would definitely be an unscathed person. <laughs> <laughs> we, Sounds like a good fun, Netflix funny story, show, guys. Yeah, funny story. <laughs> we, we actually waited eight hours because we actually we sat there so long uh, he actually made me sit there an hour after the tournament just to see if they were actually going to show up when the tide actually bottomed out, and we were sitting on the bottom. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not all glory, is it? <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, guys. Dwayne and Lee, I, I tell you, man, thank you guys again for joining us, and congratulations, and we look forward to following up with you guys here soon. Yeah, for sure. Congrats, guys. Y'all, y'all earned it. Y'all put your time in. I mean, it, it, it was just it was that time and it was that moment and it was definitely a big tournament win for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. So, so Matt, I tell you, it's great to have those guys on the show and to, to share with us their experience of that big fifteen thousand dollar win. And, and like we said earlier, you know. We're looking to raise the bar next year. It's something to where, you know, we've kind of progressively kept going, kept going. Um, you know, we did 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, you know, what's next? And so that's, that's yeah. definitely something we want to leave people with tonight is uh, there definitely will be, uh, you know, the, the bar will be raised. We're just not quite sure exactly what that means yet. We have some meetings coming up to hopefully find that out, but, we definitely appreciate all the sponsors that helped make it possible for this year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you said, we have some meetings coming up. I'm already looking forward to it. We're going to jump on this thing pretty quickly and uh, try to get things in line and get this tournament set so we can start pushing for new anglers. I think we had 12, 10 or 12, maybe 10 new anglers that did not fish the previous year. So we are getting some new blood into this sport. And I talked to five or six that are really interested in it, but just quite wasn't ready to make that step. So, Hey, maybe next year they'll be right there uh, with these guys competing with them. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of interest, you know, right before, during and after a lot of people asking questions about, you know, numbers of teams and how many teams. So it's definitely something that's really exciting. Um, to be able to lead into next year. Like you said, we want to get everything set, get it in place, get the announcements out, and start working on, uh, well, I guess I, was, I thought about it for a second, 2019, Matt. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. 
I, I got to get through Fourth of July week first, Jay. <laughs> well, that's 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 definitely a true statement. Uh, we we've got we still have the whole rest of tournament season to get through ourselves. So I, one that's at a time, right. one at a time, right? That that's right. You got a lot of tournaments coming up. As I was talking to your brother. Whew, yeah, that, we, we we we're we're about to get super busy. So. I, Matt, I definitely appreciate you joining us on the show. We're going to have to do some of it more often to, to be able to check in with you on what's biting and, uh, you know, what's going on there at the shop. And if you're in the beach area, make sure you head by Chasing Tails Outdoors and say hello to Matt and the crew. And uh, definitely Pops. you got to tell Pops that, that uh, Jay said, <laughs> hey, when you stop by, he'll, he'll love that. Yeah, he'll he'll get a kick out of that. And, and uh, again, thank you, Jay. Thanks for all you're doing. Thank you for going on this adventure with me. But you know, like we said well, five years ago, I'm not doing it by myself. So, uh, you know, Jay's been a great, great help uh, with all the media stuff. And it, I don't think one person can pull this off, not at the level we've grown this uh, event to. So I really appreciate Point Click Fish and what they've done and having me on tonight. Like Jay said, uh, I, I think this is just the start of things. I think we might be doing some uh, a lot more products podcast here coming up throughout the summer with stuff going on in our local fishing community yeah there's a lot of th- great things going on fishing's been hot and uh obviously that the cobia have been pretty hot here recently and uh everybody getting entered in the cobia challenge so maybe we get a, a, a cobia update here in a few weeks to figure out what uh what that leaderboards looked like but it's definitely been pretty hot over the past what three weeks or so yeah it's uh it's been a pretty good bite definitely been an up and down year it's been a roller coaster we've had uh we had that week week and a half about two weeks ago where all the uh big fish seemed like they were coming through uh i think we weighed three over 70 pounds and just a short span three or four days and one of one of those fish was our leader fish so i think we have two more weeks to go in the shootout so i think after we wrap that up we'll have to get the winner on one of these podcasts and, and let him uh tell about the Kobe experience it's it's uh it's kind of you know something totally different than what we talked about tonight you know it's, it's just a totally different fishing so we, we've got a lot to offer here along the crystal coast well matt thanks for all your help with this crazy adventure as well and uh definitely <laughs> definitely look look forward to sharing people more information and news about 2019 and once again thanks to uh star rods the Chris, you know the crystal coast tourism um, Downey Soft Road, Crystal Coast Graphics. Um, you know, there's a lot of sponsors that we want to say thank you to, and we appreciate the support of all of our sponsors this year and look forward to having them back next year and making this thing bigger and better. Absolutely, Jay. All right, Matt. Well, we'll we'll check in here soon, and thanks again, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me, Jay. Bye. you enjoyed today's show for more information show notes updates or to join the saltwater fishing community visit pointclickfish.com don't forget to catch live streams and future shows at saltwaterfishingradio.com until next time thanks for listening stay safe on the water and tight lines